You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Listening to Flipping Tables this is episode fifty-four. I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons, and I'm Mike Edwards. And I think we have to before we say anything else, Mike. What amazing new gadget did you get delivered today? Oh, I got a 3ds, a new 3ds, a a new with little. There's little like stars or sparklies next to the word new too. Yeah, and it only took an entire hour to do a system transfer. Did you sit there and just transfixedly watch the adorable little marching? It's, Pikmin guys. It kind of wears down the adorableness when your anger keeps rising. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, the last time I had to do, or the only time I had to do one of those, everything was like brand new. Like I went from one relatively new system to another one. So the only one that took a long time was moving one game. Yeah. So it was like, it, it was cute for like the 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, look at little Pikmin carrying Mario Kart over there. So Nintendo gives you a bunch of options and they're all terrible. So you can do wireless <laughs> transfer, which is what I did because I didn't want to have to fuss with anything. I just wanted to hit go and forget about it for a long time. And it took an hour. And so that was about a two gig SD card transfer, which I know between most other devices would not take an hour, but took an hour for these systems. Um, your other option is to actually use a PC in between the systems and move files from SD card to PC to other SD card. But the new 3DS is put in with an obscure screw size where you need a special screwdriver to get to its SD card. And it's a, it's a unacceptable. Mi- it's a micro SD card, so you need a special <laughs> adapter to hook it into normal SD card slots. So I was just like, yeah, screw that. Yeah, I, I actually just went through that same SD to micro SD with a GoPro. So I got a, a GoPro 3, and I've had a 2 for a long time. And uh, I got it as a gift, and the person who gave it to me was like, oh, I even got you this you know, many, many gigabytes micro SD card. And my gut reaction was like, oh, no, now I have to tell this person that they got me the wrong thing. <laughs> and then when I actually opened the GoPro. I was like, oh, no, they just needlessly changed the format of the SD card. Well, at least with the GoPro, it's because the size of the device really matters. And the smaller they can make every component, the better. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it's fine now. You know, I've gotten used to it and I have an adapter and everything is fine. But I, at first I was just like, oh, now I have to manage this little thumbnail. Well, I was reading about your new GoPro 3 and like what the differences were from the two. And it seems like the biggest difference is that it's mostly the same thing in half the physical size. Yes, and yeah, it, it has the wireless built in, so that was a yeah, big deal too. to some people. And uh, it's it's smaller, but unless you do like a lot of extreme sports where you're really afraid of hitting it, or if you put it on like an RC plane or something, those features are like they're neat. But I never thought my GoPro two <laughs> was large. I mean, it's like half the size no, of a deck it's, of cards. It's not that big, but I guess if you are that engineer looking at this device and you're thinking, where can I cut down on size? The SD card wastes a lot of space. Well, see, and maybe I must not be an engineer that has to think about these kinds of problems because I would look at the SD card and be like, yeah, it's small enough. <laughs> Whereas on the 3DS, it's like, no, the system got bigger. You have more form factor space to work with. <laughs> That's true. But see, but these are good engineers because they were like, but we want it to be lighter. This is the thinnest, lightest 3DS we've ever made. <laughs> Tony Ive now works for <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> I assume he just, any project that's has to be thinner and lighter. He just is like gravitates toward them. <laughs> so did you get a chance to look at some of this, this crazy Insta doom stuff? I did. And it's, did it it's not, hilarious. <laughs> it is. So some, some wonderful internet person decided to make Instagram style filters for doom. So you can like take doom screenshots, but they're all like, you know, vintage and Polaroid and, all the other stupid crap they do on Instagram. Well, I just love the goofy smiles they put on his face as he like points at demons behind him. And <laughs> oh, see that—that's the whole extra like bonus crazy part. He also made a selfie mod, so you can take pictures as if you were holding a camera on a selfie stick. <laughs> which, which I have to say, it's—I mean, I get the joke, but in all the pictures, he—you can see like his hand holding the selfie stick. 
and there's part of me that's like, doesn't that defeat the point of a selfie stick? Like, shouldn't it look like someone else took the picture? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and it's, I mean, there's like at the end. Do you ever actually play Doom all the way through? Uh, probably not all the way through, but I, th- I think with cheats, yeah, I probably <laughs> zoomed around all the maps. Yeah, no clip, God mode. Yeah. So at the the end, QD. <laughs> So you didn't play the game all the way through, but you have the cheats memorized. <laughs> IDKFA, that was the other one. Yeah, but there, there's like the big goat head that you have to like shoot it in the brain, and it's like a portal to hell. And there's a selfie of of him like pointing over his shoulder with like the what like kind of look on his face. It's just, it's, I mean, this game's what like twenty years old, twenty five years old. Yeah, I and there's still people 20. making awesome mods for it. It's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard I'm to t- think of a lot of other games that old that are still being played around with by developers. Yeah, I sort of like I used to have I mean way back when I had like Doom ninety five, you know, the special Windows ninety five edition. <laughs> I know. You ever played on Super Nintendo? No, I never played any of the weird ports. Like I only played the PC version. I remember just because I I didn't have a I mean Doom was on Mac too but I wasn't allowed to have it but I definitely uh, at some point managed to rent it for Super Nintendo and nice. uh, <laughs> going back to it playing it on emulators it runs about ten frames per second on Super Nintendo it's not it's not a champ <laughs> yeah not that's a, um that's one of those things you know it's like an eight year old who's not supposed to be playing this like really bloody violent game you don't really care or notice. But now, especially things have gone up so exponentially in our lifetimes in game quality. I just, uh, I want to like I really want to install Doom just to try a couple of these, just so I can say like I did it. Not I think it would probably lose its interest after about five minutes. Right. But I I think is the install worth that like five minutes of like look at this stupid thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say the guy kind of patted himself on the back a little bit, and I don't blame him because he, he, I guess he somehow ported the real Instagram filters, and then for one of them, it made the game so look like muddy and shitty. <laughs> he actually redid the the algorithm that does that filter to make it better. Yeah, I saw he had the side by side screenshots, and it was like yeah. all muddied and dark on the the normal filter. I just love that it's like not only is he doing this completely unnecessary and ridiculous, thankless task for which he will make probably no money, but he went out of his way to improve one of the Instagram filters. <laughs> well, to be fair, Doom's a pretty brown and muddy game, so you kind of have to blow up the brightness on some of those. True story. There's a lot of gray and brown in there. <laughs> it is the land of beige. Uh Speaking of engineers, actually, so we were, we were talking about engineers. Did you look at the, like, actually watch the video for Besiege? Um, I just looked at this little dorkly comic, and it was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> so that that little animated GIF in the first panel of that comic, like, that's right out of the promo video. So let me explain. This game, Besiege, is a medieval warfare sim where you all you do is build ridiculous machines that you then send into battle and they do crazy things like trebuchets and, and, and little tanks. Like that's the beginning of it. But then like one of the things in this, it's like just a big tower with a giant rotating cross covered in spikes. And there's just Quentin Tarantino levels of blood just <laughs> flying everywhere. Like it's, it's not even violent because it's just like cartoony. No one, no like amount Planet of people Terror, has that much like. blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's kind of the, the guy uh, who shared it with me on Twitter said, for anyone who ever played with Lincoln Logs as a kid and made little Lincoln Log trebuchets, like this game is for you. <laughs> and I, I looked at it and it's, I'm curious about it, but it's like the Steam Greenlight program. So it's alpha. I don't know. Like, have you ever done a, a Steam Greenlight game? Because I'm kind of, no. I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I've never done one. I think so the I joke online is that they're just unfinished games that suck and they take your money. <laughs> but what what happens at the end? Like, when they go full, do you have to pay again? Um, I think there's a, a, a troubled history of how many have gone full after. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, in their defense, they're only charging like seven bucks for the game. Right. 
So, I mean, if you got an hour of entertainment out of it like that, okay, then I'd say you broke even like it's. Yeah, I think the, the scrutiny is coming to some of the ones that charge more like 15 or 20 bucks and then kind of failed to deliver on. I mean, I, I don't want to belittle like game development is hard. I mean, I've never made a game, but everything I've read about it is it's way more complicated and difficult than anyone. Like it, it combines every single computer science talent you need. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I want to I, I need to find seven dollars on the ground while I'm out walking so I can guiltlessly buy this because there's nothing else in my life that could benefit from $7. That happened to me in a car to go the other week. I just found some cash sitting in a chair. <laughs> awesome. And I'm sure you contacted car to go and reported it. I sure did not. <laughs> <laughs> How much would it take for you to report it? If it was like obviously someone's paycheck, like $2,000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who has $2,000 in cash? Criminals. Who, yeah. Work shady <laughs> under the counter jobs. <laughs> So uh, or, or pot dispensaries because they can't use banks. Uh, that's that's a separate topic. There's a whole weird thing going on with the taxes with all that now. Like I don't even understand most of it because it's like they misjudged the amount, so now they might have to refund it. Like it's very confusing. <laughs> I don't I don't understand all that nonsense. But I want to ask you about about engineering games like this. Like, did you play Kerbal Space Program? I know you played Minecraft. No Kerbal for me. No Kerbal. No, never tried it. Kerbal free, but you did. You played Minecraft for quite a while, didn't you? Yeah, it was a year or so of casual play, mostly on our own server with just a few work people. And but I mean, what do you think about like an engineering game? Like, is it is it appeal to a specific kind of person? Is there something that makes some successful and others fail? Um, Well, I mean, I think there's. I'm not as familiar with Kerbal, but. Minecraft is only sort of an engineering game. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think it really has anything deeply to do with engineering. It's just a nice sandbox that's so accessible and so easy to use that people use it for absolutely everything. (laughs) (laughs) Building little, you know, Turing complete machines inside of it. And yeah, I, I guess that's kind of a good point is you can use, Minecraft like Legos and just build a house or you can build a calculator or like an 8-bit computer. So yeah. is it maybe part of it that it's appeals that level of flexibility? Yeah. But I mean I think if you actually wanted to learn about architecture and and engineering buildings, Minecraft would not have much depth for you. Like yeah, you could make examples of famous buildings, but none of the physics involved can really be demonstrated or used. <laughs> Yeah, it's you can't really do uh, Minecraft flying buttresses. Yeah. Well, so, but I mean, do. That, well, yeah, they they look like them, but do they function like them? Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's kind of my question is like, if you, what level of of control do you find appealing? Like you personally, like, do you want to be able to get in there and tweak every little thing, or do you just want Legos that snap together? Um. I guess that you start to blur the line like game and design product. <laughs> um, I, I lean towards the accessible side that I'd, I'd rather just be Minecraft, really simple, easy to get within five minutes, go to town. I like there, I mean, there's a lot of depth to like the, the crafting and the, the more advanced stuff in Minecraft, but like the basic concept you can get in less than five minutes. Ooh, crafting. That's probably taking the, engineering side of it in the wrong direction (laughs) i don't think i've ever used a crafting mechanic i really liked no that's i was gonna say i have a blog post from a couple (laughs) years ago uh basically just talking about how the crafting systems and games are almost always the worst experience in a game (laughs) it's almost always the least entertaining and they just kind of force rewards to hide behind them so that you got to go through this busy work to get them yeah, that's exactly what it feels like is busy work. Like, I just can't I pay someone else to craft this? Like, I'll give you money. I will go kill warthogs until I have gold. This is, this is why I <laughs> use Bioshock as an example because they, they have, it's not a crafting system, but it's a, it's a mini game for you to, like, unlock the vending machines. And if you don't care, you can just pay. You can just be like, eh, <laughs> here's some cash. I don't want to go through this. <laughs> See, that? I think that's acknowledging that the players that want to do the mini game are going to do it even if they have an out and the players that don't want to do it just really, really want an out. (laughs) 
So this comic about besieges is funny because it shows like this crazy advanced death threshing machine mowing down a bunch of people. <laughs> and, you know, the guy in the comics like, ooh, I want to make some crazy advanced thing. And then he makes like this really dinky tower. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, with, like a single little spike on it. And it, it's, I mean, that like, because I, you know, my a friend of mine shared the, the game with me, the Steam Greenlight game. And then I saw that comic the next day and I was just like, that, that has been my experience with this as well. Maybe I shouldn't buy this game. Like, it wasn't just the scary alphaness of it all and possibly setting $7 on fire for no reason, <laughs> but it's like, I, this game might be more fun to watch than for me to play. So it's almost like I need, I need people to upload a lot of videos of their crazy crap onto YouTube and then I'll just watch those. Yeah, that happens with Minecraft. Like the first time I saw the Star Trek Enterprise, I was like, I want to make the Enterprise or the Death Star or something. And then about, you know, five minutes into it, you're like, yeah, I'll just go look at the finished one. <laughs> and I'm yeah, honestly, yeah, most, okay, of, I get it. most of the sculptors use like these God mode mods that make it really easy to, they basically turn it into a graphic, a pixel art tool, a 3D pixel art tool. Mm-hmm. And it's not really, it doesn't really have anything to do with the core Minecraft game. Yeah, it, especially because there's like that free builder mode where you have like unlimited of every material. You can just switch between them. Yeah. So then it's kind of like you're not really showing off your ability to play Minecraft. You're like, look at how patient I am. Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you've kind of gotten away from the point of Minecraft. Yeah, I mean, then the creators are very supportive of all these other sandboxy uses of it. But I mean, people have gone above even just the creator mode where you have unlimited stuff to like drawing tools where you can just paint in minecraft you don't have to be the character laying each brick ah and so at that point it becomes like a a crappy adobe suite tool (laughs) rather than a a good game (laughs) yeah i think that's why i find the the crazy like calculators and simple computers and stuff more impressive because they're way less impressive to look at since it's a bunch of lines of oil you light on fire. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just, it's amazing that someone was able to make a simple computing machine inside of this fake world on their complicated computing machine. Yeah. It's just, I'm just, just waiting for them to create SharePoint. Ugh. <laughs> it's calculators all the way down. So what's going on with Samsung? Well, they had two weird things happen in the same week. So I think I actually have these out of chronological order, but I don't care. So um, one of the things that happened... You're a time lord. Why do you care? (laughs) To to me, time goes in the order, I say. Um, So they tried to do the right thing. And this is Samsung, so that's already like kind of a win. They tried to do the right thing and put into the privacy agreement for their uh, their smart TVs that have like voice command functionality. They tried to warn people like if the voice command thing is listening, you probably shouldn't do things like shout your social security number out because it's going to pick that up and possibly send it to a third party. So if you say something like, you know, oh, Samsung TV, give me the weather in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's like, well, now your social security number just got sent to like their whatever their weather yeah. app is. And people have just been destroying them so this for is, putting this in there. It sounds like the very definition of shooting the messenger. Like, oh, yeah. They're just timely notification of like, this is a technology that does this thing. Do you want it to do this thing? <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure it's on by default. Oh. So there is that. But I mean, that, it'd that be is surprising if you couldn't turn it off if you weren't cool with it. Oh, you definitely can. Yeah. I just think it's unfair for people to say like, oh, did you see this language in their terms of service? And it's like, you mean where they told you the truth about something that's important for you to know? Was it like Human Centipede <laughs> iTunes South Park <laughs> terms of service? I don't think it was quite that bad. <laughs> but then it's... Uh, Somebody, so I, I linked to both of these in uh, in the show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 54 for this episode. Ooh. Ooh. Early is there is there is there any interesting uh, math stuff for 54? 18 times 3. <laughs> wow, that was fast. Man. Which is 3 cubed <laughs> times 2. I don't know. <laughs> good, good. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so somebody found, you know, they, they took the exact language 
in the terms of service, and it's a couple sentences, so I'm just going to read it really quick. Please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party through your use of voice recognition. So that's Samsung. And then they put that side by side with this language from Orson Welles, 1984. It's uh, any sound that Winston made above the level of a very low whisper would be picked up by it. Moreover, so long as he remained within the field of vision which the metal plaque commanded, he could be seen as well as heard. This was of, There was, of course, no way of knowing whether you were being watched at any given moment. How often or on what system the thought police plugged into any visual wire was guesswork. It's like, uh, uh, I mean, like, I get it. You're, this guy, I presume, is trying to be funny, and a lot of other people are picking up on it. I mean, it's got literally tens of thousands of retweets. Yeah. But it's not I, – I don't think this is a panic moment. I don't think this is something we have to panic yeah. over. I, mean, I wonder, do, do you so care? How, do the, how are the third parties involved? Because, like, presumably there's – a way Samsung could say, like, no, this is first party access. We get the data, and then through APIs, we filter certain things out to other apps. Are they just kind of opening up the entire audio stream to any app on your TV? Hmm. I don't know the exact way they control the tech stack, but I presume they're either, they're probably munging the audio, turning it into text, and then passing that text along excuse me passing that text along to whatever the third party is yeah so that's why you said like the weather and you know example like if for some reason instead of saying your zip code you just shouted your social security number it's just going to hear numbers and it's just going to send those numbers and it's going to say like oh we couldn't find a zip code with that but now technically they have that query yeah i just wonder how their approach differs from like google and apple because they obviously capture vocal data when you use their voice search products and I wonder if it's kind of if they could do it kind of like how the Touch ID works on Apple, where an app can say, "Hey, check if this is the person," but they get nothing else except yes or no. Like they never see the actual fingerprint data or anything like that. And if there's a way to do that with audio, like, oh, they this is the search query, but all this other nonsense not included. Oh, so like the query would get passed along to the third party, but not who made the query when they made it. None of that stuff. And yeah, that'd be some like, yeah, they'd never see the audio. It would only be the transcript of the specific query section and not just a live feed of your room as you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know if uh, anybody has dug that deep into it to see exactly. I don't know if Samsung makes that kind of thing public. Yeah. I could, I could imagine that being proprietary information. They might have an SDK that make it obvious, but it seems like a lot of the privacy stuff that's coming into at least Google, Android and iOS now is like that. It's like the system will know all the secrets and it will dole out only exactly the information you're allowed to have based on an API request. Yeah, I mean, it's better for security, which is awesome, but even for uh, engineers who don't really necessarily care about security, it makes their life easier because if, like, I'm just going to stick to my weather analogy because it's going so well. (laughs) So, you know, if I'm using weather.com and I have to send them a zip code, I don't really want to know, I don't want my TV to know how weather.com's API works. Like, I just want it to go like, and then send back. Yeah, it's it's sunny in seventy. Like, yeah, that makes it a lot simpler too. You don't have to encode the organization of information into the API calls. Yeah, exactly. So it's this that to me is a win because anytime the secure way is also like the more engineering efficient way, that's like the magic unicorn. Because usually, (laughs) as security goes up, usability goes down. So you want those two things to be as in lockstep as possible, which almost never happens. Yeah. So then this other thing they did. This, <laughs> Which this they're actually ex- wrong about. <laughs> this one they were actually wrong about. And this, this is interesting to me because this was like they got caught with their pants down and they couldn't really defend it because it was like, well, uh, sorry, guys. We didn't mean for you to see that. <laughs> so what they did was in and this only happened in Australia and it only happened with people using certain applications this but it was error <laughs> it, yeah this this huge irony air quotes error but it was it was uh indicative of of something so 
some people in Australia using Plex and uh, some other local media thing. Like where, so it's you have a movie on your hard drive and you're streaming it to your television. The internet is not involved. This is all local, yeah. local files, local everything. And like ten minutes into the movie, a Pepsi ad would play. Oh. <laughs> and so that's upsetting, right? Like, yeah. It's a local file. It's it's, it's also not, just user hostile. Like even if it was like technically legal, it's probably legal, but it's just oh, like it's super hostile. It's just going to piss off your users. Yeah, and th- this is why um this kind of stuff is like smart screens are not what I want because I don't want Samsung's screen cuz they make great screens. I don't want their screen to know or care about what I'm doing. I want it to just show me what some other device that I have control over is doing. Yeah. So in this case, you've got, you know, like a little home server set up. You're in Australia. It's terrifying outside with all the koalas and poisonous trees. <laughs> so so you, you know, queue up a movie on Plex and then 10 minutes into the movie, it shows you this Pepsi ad. And then like 20 minutes later, it shows you Pepsi ad again. And then like another 20 or 30 minutes later, it shows you the same Pepsi ad again on this local file. You know it's not the file. You know it's something the TV's doing. And Samsung just basically was like, oh, no, bro, that was – no, sorry. Whoops. We didn't, mean, we didn't mean for that to happen. That was an error. And what people who are more familiar with the way these media agreements work, uh, what they're saying is like, no, you were testing ad-delivering software and it got out of your control <laughs> and did something you did not mean for it to do. Yeah. But, I mean, this, I can't – I can agree with media agreements. So like, you know, Samsung has an agreement with uh, Hulu and then Samsung gets a cut of any commercial shown on Hulu, but Hulu was already showing commercials. I cannot abide by injecting ads. Yeah. Well, with Hulu, you're buying, even when you pay for Hulu, you're buying into the fact that they have a network and they are ad supported and it's upfront. It's not douchey. And this is douchey. It's super if, douchey. Like if I start listening to music I'm working on and I have to hear a radio ad in between like <laughs> pressing play on the thing I'm working on, I'm going to get angry and switch products because nope, <laughs> nope right out of there. And I mean, I think this is something that's easily solved by the actually more free market um, side is because if Samsung tries to push this hard, Sony will just be like, yeah, no ads. Right, unless exactly. they all see so much money in it, and they all cave together, and then you're like, "Damn it, <laughs> they're all serving ads." I feel like a TV is an expensive enough gadget that you don't upgrade it more than you have to. So, like, I recently, I guess, just about a year ago, I got a new television. I got the dumbest TV I could find. I specifically got the model of my TV that has no smarts. Yeah, and. Even though it meant giving up an HDMI port, which pissed me off because they're the same freaking television. Um, but it, I, I wanted a dumb monitor, and now like I have no incentive to upgrade that TV in the next several years, at least, maybe longer. Yeah, we're going seven or eight years on our Sony TV, and or actually, it's a Samsung. Um, and <laughs> but there's no ads. Feel, yet. Feeling no no pressure. I mean, when we move into a bigger place, I'll probably want to go up to like a fifty or sixty thing. But I, even then, when I've looked, I'm like, yeah, I don't even want 4K. Like, no. I want a 1080p, non-3D, just give me a good screen and shut up and show what I, I pushed <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, 4K is a good example. Because, I mean, you're you a film guy, like, you you really enjoy high-quality, crisp movies. And even you are like, why? who cares? I don't, why would I care? <laughs> Especially right now, like now is the worst time in history to buy a 4K television. Uh, because there's literally nothing I own that <laughs> displays 4K. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew someone uh, back when Blu-rays were first new that got a PlayStation so they could use it, a PS3 so they could use it as a Blu-ray player, but they had a CRT television. <laughs> and I was like, why would you do that to your, like, I get that you want the highest quality, but you understand that. It's like you are looking through the bottom of a dirty glass, right? Yeah. Like, you, you bought this like lossless audio and then you're listening to your Apple headphones and you're just like, what's the <laughs> point? <laughs> when, what would it take to make you upgrade to, to a 4K screen? Like how, 
the majority of stuff you watch, 25% of stuff you watch, like how much content has to be out there? To me, it's a price point thing because I could get a, a really great 60-inch TV that has no 3D, no 4K, all that stuff for under $1,000 right now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, from a good brand, not just like, oh, the Walmart brand, but like <laughs> actually Sony or Samsung are one of the better brands. And if I want to throw in those extra things, it's easily like 2000 2500 It just gets ridiculous. So for me, it's the price point. I don't want to pay for it. That's fair. And there's is no the, content right now. So, I mean, that's the other, like, makes it even easier not to drop too much money on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, so, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like, you pretty much only buy movies if it's something you're going to watch over and over. Yeah, like the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, and I pretty much only buy movies because I don't buy movies, but my wife buys movies. Yeah. So... And, you know, that we just like if it were up to me, it would be streaming life all the time. But that means that now the content and the screen are not the most likely bottleneck. It's the network. Yeah. Like it's it's going to be a little while before the FCC lays down enough net neutrality rules that 4K streams well or at all. Yeah. Though we didn't hit on that, that they redefined broadband to be 25 Mbps, you know, which is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not actually that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. It's and like two and a half percent of gigabit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually kind of curious because dial-up, like a dial-up modem is a specific kind of technology. It's also a range of speeds, but it was a specific kind of technology. DSL over phone lines is a different but also specific kind of technology. So when you redefine broadband, like now anything under 25 megs down isn't broadband, but it's still coming over cable. So like, what is it? What do you call it? Yeah. Does I, it, is there a name? I think it mostly just shows you how sad it was before when four would count as broadband or I think it was four or something around there. Well, do you, do you remember this though? Like, I don't know what kind of internet you had growing up, but like when I went to college and we had like a T1 line into the building to yeah, serve, it was all you know, by like the actual tech T1, not broadband. Yeah. But that was like, and you know, we could get like three or four down in our room when everybody else was in class and we were supposed to be in class, but so the, <laughs> the network wasn't under heavy load. Like that was amazing. Yeah. But that was also a long time ago and I would like it to be faster now. <laughs> <laughs> well, because our uses are more demanding. Yeah, I, I don't. don't know. I don't know how anybody did internet gaming back in the day. <laughs> like the the only game I ever consistently played online was uh, Jedi Outcast. Remember yeah. Jedi Outcast? Yeah. I love Jedi Outcast. But it was um it was so low because like everything we had like two or three hundred millisecond like a third of a second like lag. Yeah. Well, and you could tell like certain servers would only allow like battles between up to four or five people to try and keep the the, the lag down and you'd always I mean, ended up in a room with some cheater that was just flying around like a demon <laughs> slaying everyone magically <laughs> <laughs> which, which was in hindsight really funny because you would log in thinking like oh, i'm this all-powerful jedi and then this monster goes flying overhead like force choking and throwing you <laughs> off cliffs and stuff it was like oh no that guy's magical <laughs> I, th I thought i was magical that guy's magical yeah i think all this broadband stuff is irritating though because the the companies the in the industry have been redefining it to their liking forever do you remember what happened with 4g wireless Okay. <laughs> that it was going to be a lot faster to actually count it as 4G. And then every company stepped in and said, nope, we're redefining that to mean almost nothing. It means nothing. We can claim anything is 4G. Our 3G networks are now 4G networks. Marketing and if, wins. If I recall correctly, when that happened, that only happened here. I think in Europe, 4G actually means something. Well, now we have to add LTE and you start to get like the, the crappy you know, the way that PC companies name their laptops when there's like eight acronyms after it's. Oh, well, and now, so I, someone brought the, I've seen this commercial on Hulu a million times. Somebody brought this to my attention on Twitter. Have you noticed what Verizon's been doing with their marketing BS? Well, they have like XLTE. XLTE. Keep trying to convince us that's a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like McDonald's brand water. It's like, no, it's just water. Like, you can put all the names in front the of it. Same you want. atomic elements are in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, 
this, you know, Verizon, I had Verizon for a while and I'll admit their service was the best, but I just don't like them. They're just dicks and they charge more. Way too much. And I'm not, it's not so important to me to have like, oh, well, what if I'm in rural North Dakota? Am I going to have XLTE coverage? I don't care. If I'm ever in rural North Dakota, I'll just make my peace with not having coverage. <laughs> I am I am metro area spoiled. Even though I don't live right downtown, I do get a lot of the benefits of being near a metro area. Right on. So do we need to talk about this Apple car? Oh, we, if for no other reason than to get to the Onion article. Yeah, yeah. So but, I'll, I'll set this up. So, so the rumors are flying wide, in, including more reputable... Well, I don't say I don't think they're always right, but they're more <laughs> reputable when they claim things. Um, Wall Street Journal and other actual publications, and not just random internet blogs, are saying that Apple has been working on a car for a while now. They've got maybe hundreds of employees trying to work on this thing. That there's some weird little side speculation about interest in Tesla, which I think is mostly nothing. Um, and you know, is it a self-driving car? Is it just their own car that has their software in the dashboard, but it's still kind of a traditional car or is it somewhere in between? Um, suddenly Apple cares about cars. So everyone needs to talk about cars now. Yeah. I guess Google having self-driving cars and Tesla making the greatest and safest automobiles to ever exist. That was like worth a mention, but now that (laughs) Apple's involved, everybody's like, Oh my God. (laughs) And, you know, I so I think you were the one who told me that Apple and Tesla originally had kind of a loose working agreement specifically for battery technology. I don't actually know that. I and mean, I think I'm actually wrong. <laughs> okay, well, let's pretend you're right because that makes sense to me. Like that's a place where their two industries overlap in a really logical way. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even a stretch to imagine that when a company like Tesla open sources all of their patents – that a company like Apple that needs to make everything thinner and lighter would see that <laughs> and and take advantage of it. I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about an Apple car. And to be honest, we've got literally nothing. And Apple, of course, <laughs> never says anything until they're like, and you can buy it today. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And it's available today in 800 countries. But I, I feel like the longer the rumor's been around, I don't think it's completely insane um, their competitors are are doing car stuff, and I think cars are still something that can be mass market in a sense. I mean, it's not going to be like a phone or a watch, um, but pretty much, at least in the U.S., people like to own cars still. Will Uber destroy that? I don't know. Um, well, Uber won't because they're douches and everyone's going to hate them. <laughs> but you know, companies like Uber. Um, we'll have to see how this space evolves. But then again, even if everything and everyone in the world, no one owns cars anymore and they're just using Lyft to get everywhere, Lyft still needs cars. <laughs> yeah, if all the self-driving cars in the world aren't owned by any individual, the car itself still needs to exist. <laughs> but it's so, I mean, to me, like when I first heard about this rumor a few weeks ago, it was that Apple was launching a competitor to Google Maps to make their maps better. And that that actually to me seemed less it seemed more believable at first and then the more i thought about it the more i was like there's already all kinds of government agencies you can buy satellite data from and all of the street data is all public record like there's not really a good reason that i can think of for them to do this themselves like all this data is already there and because it's tax funded it's publicly available and like there isn't a huge incentive for them to reinvent that particular wheel and I know that Apple Maps has licensed deals with TomTom and probably Garmin or some of the other like mapping companies. Yeah, so they so they already they already license data from other yeah. places. And I mean, can you? I'll, I'll put you on the spot. Can you think of any benefit to going out and getting that data again yourself? Um, I guess it depends on like the the biggest gap in Apple Maps when it launched was the severe lack of point of interest data, like actual businesses. (laughs) It wasn't like streets and addresses so much as you open the map and you're like, where am I going to eat? And there's just like nothing. And you're like, I know there's like 20 restaurants in this neighborhood. They're just not in (laughs) Apple Maps. And so I think a lot of their work has been the grunt work of getting the data about what businesses are everywhere. And that's something I'm sure Google isn't like, here, just have our database of all that. 
But is most? Can you not get that from like registered businesses and public information? Well, now, okay. Now that I've said that, now that I've said that out loud, I did just rely on the government to make their data easily accessible and consumable. So maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> My guess is that it's just a, a clusterfuck all over the nation, <laughs> and that there's probably just tons of gaps everywhere, leading to all the hilarious stories about Apple Maps sending people into strange locations. Like yeah, like off a bridge Things and underwater. Things that don't exist, and yeah. <laughs> So can you actually believe them doing a self-driving car, like a, a direct competitor to what Google's doing? I, I don't know what to believe. Um, I, <laughs> I think that this is sort of going to be like, uh, is it a face-to-face class or an online course? Like There are going to be automated things. Even n- traditional cars being made now have automated braking systems when it senses a collision is about to happen. And so like I would be... Like I don't think it's going to be a Google style like no steering wheel, right? Who knows? But I do think it's going to be strange to find cars that don't have some things automated. Yeah, I I mean, I guess we're kind of going that direction. Like even uh, we take it for granted, but anti lock brakes are like they used to tell you to pump the brakes, yeah, so that your brakes didn't seize up, and that's what anti lock brakes do. They just they like break and then they release for just a fraction of a second, and then they break again. And then, and then they release, you know, and it's that used to be a manual thing. Now it's a computer control. And the thing. newer thing is the CIB, the collision imminent brakes, where it's just like it knows that you're about to hit something, and it just faster than humans can react, it forces the brakes on. Right, and is that a? I think that's a. Is that a Benz thing or a BMW thing? Some th- luxury brand. I think it's becoming more widespread now, even to to all the brands. Yeah, and I, stuff that actually affects like the speed and direction of the car. I would love to try some of that stuff out because it, even though I'm super pro self-driving cars where I have trouble is when it's like half and half. Like if I'm giving input, but it's sort of like a suggestion to the car on what's best, not really a direct order like that. I've never thought of my interaction with a car that way. It's always like I tell the car what to do and then the car does it. Yeah. Even though my car has power steering and anti-lock brakes and <laughs> you know all the it has daytime running lights so the lights are on whether I want them to be or not. Like it's it's already making a lot of decisions for me. Yeah. Have you ever driven a car that had any of those like have you ever done the the self parallel park or the auto parallel park? No, that I'm pure I mean I'll admit purely from my own ignorance and inexperience with it. <laughs> it feels like worrisome to me to be like, Oh, I'm just going to tap something and it's going to magically do it. I, I, re- I And you know, that's even available on like Ford's like, that's not a super high end. Yeah. Sorry, Ford. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go to like a dealership and just be like, Hey, I, I'm not interested in buying a car, but can you just back that car out of the space and then make it park itself while I'm sitting in it? <laughs> I, I mean, I know like not to call her out, but my wife doesn't have the most, She's not really excited to parallel park when she's faced with it. And I bet she would love that feature. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they do a really good job in the commercials of showing like, here's an old man using it. Here's a new driver. That's a young teenage girl. Here's a middle-aged person. Like yeah. they try very hard to the not question, only are you show. To use it, are you allowed to use it on your driver's test? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- that'll be a, uh, That'll be an interesting thing. I can't imagine when they first added like anti lock brakes that they said like, "Oh no, sorry, you still got to pump the brakes even though the car <laughs> has anti lock brakes." So yeah, I don't maybe that's uh maybe they'll require you now to use the driver's ed's car so that they can control what features it has. Or everyone will be like, "Is it Arizona where you just get your license and you're done for life?" And it's like, "Yeah, you never have to update." Oh my anything. God! Really? You don't have to renew your license in well, Arizona. That was, we we had that uh, person visit us a few weeks ago from Arizona, from Phoenix, and he showed us his license, and it was like a picture of him when he was sixteen because he's like, "Yeah, I've never had to get a new license or re up anything." Oh, see, I I misunderstood that. I took that as like he was able to renew it through the mail, so his picture was out of date. But he still had to renew his license. No, I think we should look this up, you know, using <laughs> our magic internet machines. But I think in Arizona, you can pretty much just fly your whole life without updating your license. That's 
you know what? I'm I was gonna say that's unnerving, but it's really not because in most states you can just say like, oh hey, it's been six years, give me a new driver's license. You don't have to like take a test or anything. Yeah, it's true. And actually, that's the more disconcerting thing is that we let people who only had their skills assessed once, like seventy years ago, are still on the road. Yep. And you know, I actually uh, when I was in high school, we did like a model legislature. Did you do this? No. It's basically your like junior or senior year in your civics or history class. You all pretend to be politicians and you learn to hate each other really fast. (laughs) And it's a really good microcosm of how that stuff really works because if people think your law is funny, they'll pass it. If people are friends with you, they'll pass it. If they don't like you, they won't pass it no matter how logical it is. So like my law was that I wanted people to have to actually take their driver's license test again repeatedly after they reached a certain age and that got shot down because they were like well that's ageist and i was like we're already ageist we don't give driver's license we don't we we one-year-olds doctors and nurses to like keep maintain their licensing and their their Uh, skill see but that was where i faltered because i said like how about after 55 you have to renew your license and they were like no Uh, that's ageist no you should just say every 10 years doesn't matter how old you are well that's how i amended it and then they shot it the hell down because nobody (laughs) you know you're talking like 17 year olds who just took their driver's license test like they don't want to take it again (laughs) yeah so i was like this is a really good law that would probably save a lot of lives and and i would actually support that (laughs) law because having the license to drive is not a constitutional inalienable right. It's privilege afforded to people who can actually be responsible and can be trusted with these 5,000 pound death machines. Yeah. I think people would be very surprised to see how few things are actually protected by the constitution. Yeah, So many things people are like, well, it's my right. And it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. You get licensed. It can be revoked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's actually kind of the whole point of a license is that someone said you have the authority to do something, but they can change their mind. <laughs> so I have to I have to list a few of these. Uh, this is from the Onion article, so don't anybody get your hopes up. Um, <laughs> but these are some of the features. I'll just list a few and then uh, leave it up as an exercise to the reader to go of, check out the rest. the Apple car, according yes, to are, the Onion. <laughs> the Apple car, according to the Onion. These are a few of the features. Uh, the windshield features four times as many pixels as reality. <laughs> it has sleek, unobtrusive airbags. The windshield cracks very easily, though the car will still typically work afterwards. <laughs> The sticker price is $85,000, but it drops to $199 on a two-year Verizon contract. <laughs> That's and it one. comes with a couple of cool Apple stickers. That was my favorite. <laughs> it's like no matter how much it costs or what it does or doesn't do, it's like, but it does come with a couple stickers, so we're good, right? Yeah, and you know, we were just talking uh, in, in the office today about um, someone possibly getting a new laptop, and... They were saying like, oh, we can get it set up for that person and and have it ready and available. And I jokingly was like, oh, no, you can't set up someone's Mac. You have to let them open it because opening it is part of the experience. It has special styrofoam (laughs) and it's packaged in a special way. And I got like half sincere nods of agreement where I was like, oh, God, some people we actually care about that, don't we? So is the Apple car going to come in like a big special styrofoam box? <laughs> you get to like peel the little stickers off the clear, like protective coating. And some people stickers. will never remove the protective coat. <laughs> Just be driving around with them on there. Oh, man. I, you know, that's coming. Like if they actually had those stickers, there would be people who left them on. Yeah. It'd be a safety hazard. <laughs> The question so Mike, is what feature will they, sorry, you're about to end us, uh, but I, no, I wasn't not now uh, is what major car feature will they leave out of the first version? Would it be like, doesn't turn left. <laughs> I was going to say front wheels. <laughs> it's because they really, they wanted to get the back wheels as thin and as light as possible. <laughs> and then now that they've figured that out, now they can move on to front tires. Reinventing the wheel. Literally. I love, even the mock-up on the onion is like something somebody would do for like their senior project in like a graphic design course. Like it looks, <laughs> it's got fins for God's sake. Like this yeah. is so, and some people will still share it, this as if it was a real thing. It looks like someone slapped four wheels on like the Tron cycle and, you know, made it a little bulkier. Yeah. In fact, now that you say that, um, I think this is a one seater car <laughs> <laughs> cause I only see one seat. 
Oh, you didn't mention a uh, full vertical integration with Apple gasoline. <laughs> yeah, I do love that one because that's the, there's a, see, we're going to end up just reading them all cause they're all funny. Um, my favorite is a uh, driver prompted to sign into iCloud before each gear shift. <laughs> I, I just i having you know I, I love my mac but i've stayed away from iphones and ipads and and now that icloud is like getting its hooks into everything i'm kind of glad i've stayed away from it because i'm happy living my dropbox life yeah all right should we stick a fork in it now we may stick a fork in it go ahead take us out all right. If you want to check out the show notes to episode 54 of Flipping Tables, you can head to sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 54. And uh, you can find me online at uh, various places, pseudomichael.com. <laughs> See if I can remember them. Yeah, Twitter, did you forget? Or on Twitter, I'm M. Edwards Music. How about you? Uh, people can find me at Lines and Beta on Twitter or linesandbeta.com. And there are a couple things you can do to support this show and the network, Sunrise Robot. Um, the number one thing is you can go to iTunes and actually rate our show and leave a review, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, positive, negative, uh, we, we like constructive feedback. Hopefully not, you wouldn't flame <laughs> us, but <laughs> um, by all means, uh, that, that's it. You know, unfortunately, iTunes is still an important channel in podcasting, but if uh, you can go and leave us some feedback, that would be awesome. And the other thing you can do is uh, support us directly on Patreon and uh, get your name shouted out. Um, special thanks to our, our number one, uh, the first of our uh, highest level Patreon support, Bruce Edwards. Uh, we thank you so much for supporting the network, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, we have another person to shout out this week, too. Yes, Matt Mariner. Thank you so much for supporting Sunrise Robot. That's good. We'll see you next week. 